everybody, and welcome to the Focus Group Podcast. I'm Sarah Longwell, publisher of The Bulwark, and I am out of the office this week. I am traveling, so we are going to give you guys a bit of a treat. I hear from a lot of you that's your favorite part is really just listening to the real people. And so we're going to give you just the raw audio of one of our latest focus groups. This group was a group of Trump 2016 voters who then did not vote for him in 2020. So these are our our swing voters. In this group, all but one voted for Biden, and they were from Ohio, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. They're all women. And we wanted to see how they were thinking about the big races in their states. Obviously, from Doug Mastriano to Herschel Walker to J.D. Vance, there are some low-quality Republican candidates running in those states with really extreme positions on abortion. I think that shifted the focus from sort of a referendum on Democrats to a choice election. And I use choice deliberately both to say that it is now about the right to choose. Uh, The abortion issue is obviously looming large but also just a choice between Democrats and these very sort of extreme Republicans. And even if you're frustrated with Democrats, you're looking at some of these Republicans and thinking, I don't know. So um, Megan from my office is the moderator. I hope you guys enjoy this and I will be back next week. Although I got to tell you, I got good news and I got bad news. Uh, The good news is that this podcast has an incredible audience, very devoted, who show up every week to listen to the focus groups and the analysis. And I really appreciate all of you listening. If you love this show, you should go leave a review at Apple Podcasts. But the bad news is, I don't know if it's bad news. I think it's kind of good news. Um, For the remainder of our season, we are going to go behind a paywall. Um, So if you are not a Bulwark Plus subscriber, this is going to become a Bulwark Plus product. And we hope that you will subscribe to The Bulwark to hear the rest of the season of this show, because obviously it's going to get pretty interesting here as we go into the general election. In return, we're going to ungate and make free The Next Level, which is the podcast that I do with Tim Miller and Jonathan V. Last. After Labor Day, that is going to become free and public and come out behind the paywall. So we're going to do a little bit of a trade here. But if you listen to this podcast and you love it, we'd sure appreciate if you could go become a Bulwark Plus member. You get a lot of benefits other than just this podcast. But thanks so much for sticking with us uh, and for being a great audience, for sending all your questions and comments. And I'll catch you guys next week. Okay. Well, so I just want to establish kind of a baseline of where everybody's coming from. Um, Everybody here was a Donald Trump 2016 voter and a non-Donald Trump 2020 voter. But let's kind of find out what that means. So, for non-Trump 2020, who here voted for Joe Biden? We'll do a show of hands. Okay, so this is everybody but why don't you tell us who you voted for in 2020? Um, I completely went independent on my voter registration. So I voted for Joe Jorgensen and the Libertarian Party. Sure. Um, and then I'm curious how you guys identify politically these days, which I know is these are imperfect buckets. I'm going to ask you to put yourself in, but just for the point of this exercise, if you guys could do your best, I'll ask if you consider yourselves um, current Republicans, former Republicans or independents. Um, And we'll start there. So who still identifies as a Republican? Show of hands. Okay, so we've got four, about half the group here. Who considers themselves a former Republican? Okay. Um, so we've got about 
a couple of Republicans and about half to a little more than half that are former Republicans. And then I'm also curious where on that spectrum you guys self-identify, very conservative, conservative, center-right, moderate, or just dead in the middle moderate. Um, so where are my very conservative people? Uh, and where are my conservative? So just conservative. We have no very conservatives. And how about center-right moderate? So two, and then who's finding themselves dead center these days? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so six out of nine on that. Okay, so like I said, just sort of some baseline setting here. Um, Thinking about changing parties, changing votes in 2020, I'm curious, and I'll let everybody share a little bit about that. But um, thinking about that 2020 vote, most of you were for Biden, one of you were for third party Joe Jorgensen. But would you say that vote was an anti-Trump vote? You weren't going to vote for him again, didn't like what you were seeing in those four years? Or would you say that was an affirmative vote for Joe Biden, you liked him, you liked what you were hearing. For Joe Jorgensen, you liked her, you liked what she had to say. So let's see my anti-Trump votes for 2020. Okay, so nearly everything. You like Joe Jorgensen, liked what she had to say. Okay, we'll start with you. So take me back just a bit. Tell me in 2016 why you decided to vote for Trump and then in 2020, why you decided to not vote for Trump again and go ahead and vote for Biden, how you were thinking about it. Well, I didn't like the Clinton machine. I mean, there's just, my my perception is that there's like a machine that's kind of behind her that, you know, is going to be this, that, or the other policy and it's going to get done and it's going to get done that way. And I didn't like that. And I didn't know everything I probably should have known about Donald Trump. It's, but that is what largely precipitated my vote in 2016. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, I didn't perceive that Biden had some big machine behind him. And the country had already been torn apart for four years over, over all of this shenanigans that's been going on. And I just wanted someone that would get us back to like someplace relatively normal. Like make politics boring again, please. But that was my thinking. Brings up a good point. Um, I'm going to ask, ask it two ways. I want to show hands for who would classify their 2016 vote as an anti-Clinton, just couldn't do it, couldn't vote for her. And who was a pro-Trump, really liked him, liked what he had to say. So let, where are my anti-Clinton votes? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. So six out of nine. So let me hop over to Adrian. Why don't you tell me how you were thinking in 16 and then 20? Um, in 16, I kind of was anti-Clinton um I just felt as a I don't know everything she said as a woman did not hit to me as a woman I didn't feel like everything she portrayed um was what I believed and felt like she kind of clumped all women in together and I probably didn't know as much about Trump as I should have and then in 2020 it was kind of the lesser of two evils I wasn't necessary all for Biden. Um, but I thought at the time he was probably the better choice out of the two. Okay. And tell me how you were thinking about it in 16 and then 20. Um, so I guess like my political beliefs have always kind of spawned like from early on, like I couldn't ever classify myself as one or the other. 
I always brought up different things like in high school discussions, college discussions. So when I voted for him in 2016, it was more how he was very no BS kind of guy. I like straightforward and that seemed like what he could bring to the table. Um, and then in 2020, I decided to just go full on with my my gut and just go completely independent because most people don't even know that there's a third option. Um, so there's like some percentages you have to hit to be able to get the third option on the ballot. And like, that's like what a lot of third party libertarians are trying to do right now is just get the idea that there is another option. You don't have to pick between the lesser of two evils. And Joe Jorgensen is legitimately wonderful person who has nice, good morals, no sketchy backgrounds, no creepy things. Like as a woman, she is appealing in cleaner ways than Hillary Clinton was. And she resonates with me as a person, as a woman, somebody I'd be proud to explain to my kids how presidents work and how our democracy and essentially our republic should work. So sorry for the long-winded answer, but. Helpful. Um, tell me about 16 and 20 for you. Okay. Um, again, raised in Kansas City, uh, to Democratic parents. I was always strong Republican from early on. And I think it was driven by fiscal responsibility, um, which always kept me under the Republican perspective, historical anyway. Um, So 2016, I felt similar to whoever just said that about, um, I didn't believe that Clinton fairly represented all women on uh, her platform or appearances or whatever it is. Um, Again, from the traditional Republican voting for me, it, it of course leaned me towards Trump. I had reservation with him, but like someone else said, uh, I did appreciate what appeared to be forthrightness at the time, kind of the no BS uh, mannerism. I also kind of thought, oh no, he is a, it's a bit hokey and how's this going to play out on an international stage? Because, you know, I don't know how well respected he's going to be, but I also thought, well, Ronald Reagan was an actor, and I always felt that he became a really strong leader for our country. Um, So that was one of the reasons I thought, don't cut him short too quickly. Fast forward to 2020, uh, disappointed in just some of his behavior, um, the divisiveness that I felt was building under his leadership within the country is someone said, can't we just go back to quiet politics again? I'm just so exhausted of the noise and, and the extremists on both sides just exhaust me. I really believe that the majority of our country is kind of in the center and they'll have a few hot buttons that are important to them. But I think most of us are normal. These small percentages on the edges are starting to run the country. And that's just concerning for me. So um, I thought, well, I really haven't in my life voted Democratic, but I just felt like Joe just seemed a little stable. Um, I knew he had a lot of international experience, which I thought was going to come into play. It certainly has um, as far as diplomacy. So I kind of went with the lesser of the two evils. Mm -hmm. And how about you? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying that in 2016, I was 22. So still a 
not really what I would consider in the adult world yet. I was in grad school, still taking a lot of my politics and my political views from my parents, which I think is understandable. I went four-year college into graduate school, and I was in my first year at the time. And the vote for Trump was anti-Clinton all the way. Um, because my reasoning at the time was that I did not want a career politician in the White House. I'm tired of politicians. <laughs> we had too many of them, was my opinion. And I also thought it would be interesting to have not a politician, but someone with a background in business in the White House. Because a country, you could think of it as just one large business. You can't run it into the ground. That That's pretty important. And those were my most cognizant uh, points when I was voting at the time. Four years later, I had a little more life experience. And I had realized that even though you have a businessman in the White House, even though there were objectively some good decisions, the way in which he was behaving other countries already viewed us disparagingly. <laughs> and it seemed like Trump was just giving them more and more ammunition. The amount of satire, the amount of cartoons, the amount of jokes, it embarrassed me. I didn't want him in the White House anymore because of his conduct. I'm not sure how much of it is just rumor, but I know the effect it's having. And I wanted that to stop. Okay. Um, how about you? So in 2016, I um, like, oh, somebody that does business and everything. I thought, okay, we need, at that point, politics was kind of boring. I was like, yeah, okay, maybe a business person would kind of help things along and everything. And by 2018, I've traveled the world. And I have seen the way that we were a laughing stock, like literally. I went to Poland and was helping people learn English and my mentee, literally his whole presentation was making fun of Americans and Donald Trump. And he was literally like, is he a genius or is he a buffoon? The rhetoric that he was doing and how it was just making everybody think that that's how Americans are. And I'm like, it was just totally not my cup of tea at that point. Um, so 2020, I did vote for Joe Biden. Um, it was definitely an anti Donald Trump vote. Again, as everybody said, I wish politics would just be boring again. Like when I was growing up, I never remembered politics ever being like this. And I do feel these extreme groups on either side are just fueling it. And unfortunately, the media does elevate it and everything because where I'm from, I don't see that at all. I mean, I just feel like I live in normal America. I mean, I don't see the crazy things that I see on the news all the time. So I'm just like, I just want to go back to that. So, yeah. Um, so why don't we go ahead and um, skip on over. to How are you thinking about it in 16 and 20? Um, probably a lot of repeats, but um, I was definitely not voting against Hillary Clinton. Um, I was just a lifelong Republican. and. 
I had many, many reservations about Donald Trump. But as was said before, I think I really convinced myself that the businessman concept was something new. And um, I am a big believer in both the country running as a business and also the public relations and optics and all of all of that, which is not why I voted for Donald Trump, but it's why I didn't vote for Donald Trump the second time around. But um, I think at that time in 2016, I was probably pretty busy and distracted and not as educated as I should have been. And my husband was definitely very influential. So I was getting a lot of information from him. I'm not proud to say that, but I'm going to admit it. And so then, you know, four years later, um, I was very embarrassed and um, I am a big advocate of the public relations of any business. So um, I think that was just so horrific. And then just to pile on to that, the um, divisiveness in the country. I mean, I've, you know, we've never seen anything. Well, we've never seen anything like this. It very likely existed. You know, we didn't have Twitter back in the you know 1800s. So it might've looked very similarly. And my vote in 2020 was definitely not for Joe Biden. It was, it was definitely just against Donald Trump. It was most certainly the, the lesser of two evils. Did your husband vote for Trump again? He did. Mm-hmm. And, and he was horrified for four years and, mm-hmm. and still voted for Trump again. So it's uh-huh. so like a wasted trip to the polls that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. How are you? Uh, Definitely anti-Clinton. Um, everyone's really said everything very well. Congratulations. But, um, the you know, anti-establishment. Uh, if Joe Biden was running in 2016, I would have voted for him then. Um, so fast forward, he, I feel he's very honest. I felt he had experience, would work across the aisle. And it was definitely for Joe, but also anti-Trump both together. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your vote for Trump in 16 a little more. What uh, anti-Clinton. That, that was the establishment. That's who they wanted. Yes. I, I didn't feel that was the right choice. And like everyone else said, you have hope, you know, not the uh, an established politician for the people, business background, everything that was said to us. And you're just hopeful because it was so anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I was, I, like everybody else, was very pro-business. I run the business end of our dental practice. And so I really figured that he could run the country like a business and we would be successful. There were some things that I agreed with with him. And then I just really wanted him to not say another word. If he just could have been quiet, I think he would have been, he would have been elected again. And if he wasn't like trying to always poke the bear or say things from Twitter, like when, once you become president, you have to become presidential. You have to be that person that we all look up to. And I agree with other people. We were a laughing stock around the world. Um, I wasn't in love with, with Hillary. I, I don't love the way that she presents herself. I don't love the way she presents women all the time. Like we said, 
And I think she often makes more enemies than makes friends. When someone talked about Ronald Reagan, and I mean, I can tell you where I was when he was shot. He was a president that you looked up to. And I was young at the time, but it seems that all of politics has just gotten into this like alarmist, we need our 15 minutes of fame or our 30 minutes of fame. There's no depth. And we've become a country that is so divided. Families have been divided. Friendships have been lost because of this. And I I don't remember this when I was growing up. I don't even remember this prior to Bill Clinton, where we had such problems that we couldn't come together as a country. I blame a lot of it on the media. It's like a scare tactic. We need to make progress in the country. And it seems like we're so divided that we can't even come together on anything. And I feel like our country is going backwards um, and not forward. And it's, it scares me. It scares me. It scares me as a mother of a daughter. You know, when you asked about, are we Republicans? I'm a fiscal Republican, but I am a social Democrat. You be you, you be happy being you, but you shouldn't have to tell me who I can be. And let's work together to make this economy strong and make us have a a presence in this world where we're looked up to and where we're thought of as also we can take care of others, but we really take care of ourselves. So completely uh, dovetailed into my next question. I was going to go around the room, get us kind of caught up. So my question to the group next, uh, and I'll go around, but my question is, how do you think things are going right now in the country? Um, Is there anything you want to add that was a pretty... Like you knew that's what I was going to ask. I tried. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. But if there's anything you want to add, I can also come back to you at the end once the other ladies have spoken, if anything. No worries. Um, but why don't you take it? How, how do you think things are going? Um, I mean, Twitter's a lot more quiet. I honestly have zero respect for Joe Biden as a person, as a leader. He is embarrassing and different aspects. Um, I think he's also delusional. I don't know if he's like just cooped up in the White House and only says what people tell him to say because the things like I've seen like come from his like like social media accounts and news articles. Like I I honestly try to avoid like mainstream news on TV. I try to like if something comes up through searches and whatever, I try to like look into it myself. The extremist media is like literally affecting my mental health. So um, I spend a lot of time outside away from technology. I think like what is has become more important to me is local politics. Um, I have a lot more influence there. Um, I must keep my TV off because I'm still embarrassed. What do you think? How do you think things are going? I, it's hard because my daughter just turned 13 and my son is 14 and a half and they are getting to the point where they ask a lot of questions or, you know, taking classes in school and trying to understand what's going on. And it's hard for me to explain to them that these are our options. I'd love to have a third party option that could blow the other two out of the water. I I guess I'm not at the point where I have faith that there we're going to get enough votes to make a difference. And I'd like to see that change. And it's hard to explain to them why we have a 79-year-old president and why the people in 
Congress are as old as they are and they're the ones who are making decisions, you know, like we, from any other job, you retire at a certain age, you know, and he, if he's going to run again, he's going to be, you know, 85 years old. But at the same point, I don't know who wants to be the president right now either, you know, and it, but it's hard for me to explain to them that this is what it's come down to, you know, the, like, yeah, Donald Trump made a lot of noise. And every time he opened his mouth, it was like, my goodness, like my kids have to hear this, you know, what he's saying. And I think the only change is, is that Joe Biden doesn't talk, you know, I mean, like he talks so little. One of my kids asked me um, a couple months ago, is he still the president? Like, you know, because you don't hear anything. He never. So I don't know. I don't I don't think it has changed much at all. I don't think it's any better. And I don't know. I don't know what we can do as a country to have a better option because it's not great. And this is not what I'd like to see my kids grow up and have to deal with. How do you think things are going? Frustrated. Um, I'm frustrated with the government taking away women's rights. I'm frustrated with some states like on what teachers can teach and how we can treat our students and making sure that they can get everything that they need and having to basically ignore things. And that's not what they need. I'm frustrated with the economy. I mean, I have had to turn off the news and this summer has been amazing just being outside and kind of like putting it all out. Like I haven't heard what students are telling me or anything like that. So I've kind of like had a mental refresh over the summer minus me watching like the January 6th like trials which unfortunately then you like it brings back things and I'm just like how do we do this so I feel better that we're not having riots like that right now but I'm very frustrated too so that's where I'm at can I get a quick show of hands of who else watched some of the January 6th hearings some of the coverage keep them up let me see uh okay so we've got no, everybody watch some of the coverage, some of the hearings. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, okay, how do you think things are going? I'm very concerned. Um, the country's just absolutely divided. It's not just either president, but it's the Congress, the Senate. To me, it just seems like kindergarten, arguing amongst themselves, believing what they want to believe. I don't feel they have the voters or their people's best interest in mind. And I honestly feel that money lets the candidate win. How we said Hillary was the establishment and she had the money. Trump had the money. And it's like whoever our new candidates are going to be are going to survive because they could put the most money into a campaign. It all gets down, to me at least, to finances. And it's just, it's, it's alarming. How about you? Well, first of all, you know, like I react emotionally every time I hear Joe Biden attacked on the basis of his age. I don't know if any of you are interested in the Rolling Stones, but did you know that Mick Jagger is 79? Is anyone going to tell Mick Jagger that he shouldn't be Mick Jagger anymore because he's 79? I don't think so. If you don't like his style, you don't like his substance, then vote for somebody else. But don't say because he's too old. That, That just pisses me off. But where I think we are now as a country is that everyone is so segmented on the Democratic side of the spectrum. You have the the very progressive Democrats that are as much of a craw in Biden's 
throat as anything else so that even the party, the Democratic Party, can't get its shit together on anything. And it's not Joe Biden's fault. He's like violently moderate. This is like a really moderate guy. And it's just Congress is not going to let him get very little of anything. Like he got like some things done just last week that nobody thought he was going to get done because everybody wants something like they want either really extremely liberal things and then, you know, Republicans want like, well, there's hardly any moderate Republicans left. God bless their army, Liz Cheney, but there's hardly any moderate Republicans left. So you don't have anybody on that side that you can even work with anymore. So the center is not there anymore. There's no center that holds. Every time I hear Joe Biden being attacked, I'm thinking, you ought to be throwing flowers at this man's feet. We would have another term, Donald Trump, if it were not for this man. This is the guy that everyone felt like people could vote for, and they did. But instead of like, okay, let's work with you, they're attacking him. That's where I see it. Sorry. Sorry to unload. No, it's all right. Um, Thoughts? How do you think things are going? Mm, Not great. I feel things could be way worse, again, uh, with different leadership. I think that the art of compromise is getting lost on the two extremes. I feel like I'm an intelligent person that I can uh, watch the news or read an article and filter through the BS and the um, propaganda, so to speak. When I see things like that, what's frustrating for me is I feel that there's a large group in our population base that do not step back and analyze for themselves. It's easier to listen to sound bites and follow that, which is so frightening. And I feel like our society right now just lives on those sound bites. It, it seems like just single topics are dividing things. Again, women's right, and I'm with all of you. I'm a, and even though I'm conservative in many ways, I don't want anyone telling me what I can or cannot do with my body. And I don't want to judge anyone else who makes their choices that are right for their life. Um, Like many of you, I kind of shut things off. (laughs) It's exhausting. I mean, even our local politics here in Pennsylvania, uh, I guess we all, based on the states that are represented, there's a lot going on in each state as well that's concerning. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe some of the choices we're going to have to make between certain candidates. Yeah. Who in Pennsylvania do you find most frustrating? I think Mastriano's just like a nut job, just extremely frustrating. And in watching the debates, I was like, okay, we have a few rational Republicans on this panel here. And I'm like, God, you know, how can we kind of get them going? Because I think ultimately they're going to, um, have the chance to maybe get more things done across both aisles and back to rational people dealing with rational people. And yet what happens is Mastriano gets, you know, the Republican nomination. I was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, you've got that, you've got Dr. Oz as the other option. So it's just making it very easy for me to be like, oh, it's going to be easy to vote line item by line item instead of straight Republican ticket or straight Democrat looking at each. This is what I finally came to as um, a more mature through many years of voting. 
I used to feel comfortable doing pretty much a straight line on something. These days, no way. It's line item by line item by line item. Even though I still relate and I'm still registered Republican, no way am I voting for uh, Mastriano or Oz. So my vote will go to the Democrats on that. Narrow what do you think some of the most extreme things are about Mastriano that keep you from not being um, able to do it? And inversely, do you kind of like some things about Fetterman or Shapiro? I like some things about all of them. It's the things I strongly dislike that will keep me away. For example, Mastriano, big anti-vaxxer, big anti-don't-tell-us-what-to-do-with-our-bodies. Yet, in the same breath, oh, all women, yeah, abortions will be banned, and um, he's going to try to tell me what to do with my body, even though he's saying the government shouldn't tell him what he should do with his body. Talk about confusing messaging. I'm like, dude, like, if it works for you, great. But if you're female, it's not to work for you. So I cannot stand his mixed message on that at all. I don't like his participation and rallying cries for January 6th events. That just wrong to Oz. Again, I'm not from Pennsylvania originally, but I have lived here over 20 years. I feel like it's my home. I don't like his skirty way about coming into uh, politics in Pennsylvania without any skin in the game. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he's kind of sliding across the border and he's a, he's a Trump puppet. Um, But then I go to Shapiro and, you know, I, I feel like he has taken on some tough battles within his experience as attorney general um, that I think was for betterment of the people in general, but he just seems more stable, mm-hmm. you know, more rational, more stable. So uh, I'd be remiss in this group full of women um, not to ask you guys how you were thinking about abortion being on the, it's, I think, fair to say it's on the ballot in all of your states, Ohio, Georgia, Pennsylvania, coming up this fall. So I'm curious how you guys are thinking about that. I promise we are not going to litigate uh, abortion. We only have, you know, half hour left anyway. My question is this. So we've got, in each of your races, actually, so we've got talking about Mastriano in Pennsylvania. Um, you've got Vance in Ohio in the Senate. He's the Republican Senate nominee. Um, and you've got Herschel Walker in um, Georgia. And these are all guys that are the Republican nominees for Senate and governor who have said that they believe in no exceptions for abortions. And I'll actually ask, um, do you think that no exceptions is too extreme? Yes. Okay. Talk to me about that. And how do you think about that when you're going to be voting this fall? Okay. Truthfully, I'm pro-life because I feel that at conception, it is a person. As said, I do not judge others. Personally, I wouldn't want to be a politician making these decisions. And I feel it should be on the ballot. Let the majority of the people vote and let that be the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of it being a question, it's going to be through these candidates who are kind of running on these platforms of how, of what their decisions are. So 
truthfully, that wouldn't change my mind to vote for a candidate. One not on that single issue, right? Either way. Mm-hmm. What are you're in Pennsylvania? What are your thoughts on Mastriano? I feel he's dangerous, and he is running against against Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Shapiro has a phenomenal track record. He took down the pedophile priest put him in jail. And I mean, he has a track record and like, this was like the easiest candidate decision I ever had to make because often they don't have track records. Yeah. Mastriona is absolutely dangerous, but I'm voting for Shapiro based on his track record of uh, going after the priests that molested children and adults. And um, yes. Okay. Um, how are you thinking about Mastriano, um, Shapiro and Oz Fetterman? Um, similarly, I, um, find Shapiro to be appealing. You know, I don't claim to be up on everything current and I don't have a ton of time to do the research and I should, but I also appreciate the battles that Shapiro has taken on. I do see, feel like he seems to be, um, kind of rational and cognitively and emotionally normal, which, um, you know, maybe he's not, but we haven't seen um, any evidence that I'm aware of. Um, Otherwise, I think that Mastriano is terrifying. Um, He he feels far more extreme than Trump to me. Trump was smart enough even to not be saying things quite this extreme at this point in a, in a political race. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would say I will. What be- about him do you think seems yeah. more extreme than Trump? You know, I guess it's the abortion stance. I f- do find it hard to relate to. Um, I, I would say I would consider myself generally to be a pro-life person. But it to me, it's absolutely um, absurd to say that there are no exceptions to that. I am pro-choice. I do believe that people, um, that every woman should have the ability to make her own choices. But, um, you know, if, if I was going to lean a little bit more, it might be a little more pro-life. But um, to say that there are no exceptions to that, I think about how that would have impacted my own life. Okay, sure. Um I'm going to skip over to you because you're in Ohio. So you've got J.D. Vance, who's the Republican nominee for Senate, who had originally said that he he would support no exceptions um, and no exception ban on abortions in Ohio. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on him? Are you familiar with him at all? Just based on the fact that he says no exceptions, I wouldn't vote for him. Okay. Um, Do you know much about his opponent? Not that much. I'm not that involved in local politics, but just knowing that that is his stance. No, he does. I'm voting for someone that is not him. Got it. Um, talk to me about Herschel Walker. Oh, Herschel Walker. So if you watch some of the commercials, he doesn't look like he's all there. And it's a little, it's a little scary. Um, I'm not sure somebody, for me, he seems like a puppet and someone's got some, his hands up his shirt and kind of controlling him. It's been very depressing kind of being a Republican in the state of Georgia. A lot of Um, us in Georgia took a Republican ballot, even though we didn't intend to vote Republican in November, but we took a Republican ballot because we wanted to make sure that any 
Trump anointed candidate did not make it. Yeah, yeah, there were quite a few names, but I think it was like pretty locked in for a while. I took the Republican ballot. I voted for Gary Black, the agriculture commissioner, but you know, that didn't work. All these candidates get on the ballot to begin with, and then they rise to the top. It's it well, is. because you have primaries and the most diehards turn out to the primaries. I, I'm beginning to think that ranked choice voting is probably a better way to go because then like it's not the diehards on either side that are it's finally gonna put people on the ballot for a general election. So for the fall midterms, will you be crossing over again and voting for Warnock? Oh, I'll be voting for Warnock, definitely. I don't like him either. You may not like him, but it's like, do you want well, Walker? You I, don't, I don't want Walker and I don't want Warnock. I don't like what Warnock has been spending. I don't like what he's been. Well, he can't spend. He, the things that he votes for and the thing like the IRS new auditors and 27,000 new oh, people no. like that. And like, um, Ladies, let me tell you something. The IRS owes me and my husband $1,300. They have owed it to us for more than a year. They agree in principle. They owe us $1,300. I cannot get through to the IRS. Oh, I know. Call them. It takes like a week to even get into the queue on hold. And then you're on hold for a whole day and then some poor person takes your call and you explain it to them and they they agree with you they agree yeah it should be this should be that but you know here i am a whole like more than a year later so yes put the money into the irs let them hire people better systems yes i i just i i unfortunately i'm a when it comes to that i'm like a see none of the above i don't like any of them and i'm trying to figure out who is my least Who's the least worst? But, you know, Walker is just going to vote for whatever yeah. they tell him to vote for. Exactly. He's a puppet. Not, He's totally a puppet. So how, uh, how are you guys thinking about Kemp and Abrams? <laughs> Again, how about we do see none of the above? Kemp is playing it very smart for this yeah. election cycle. You know, I have done a lot of legislative work at the Capitol for years. And things became extreme when Kemp was elected. But Kemp, to his credit, is not, not talking about how extreme he actually is. I think Kemp's going to be reelected. Will I vote for Stacey Abrams? Probably yes. I will probably vote for Stacey Abrams. Not crazy about Stacey Abrams? No, I'm not. But I think, you know, for Georgia to get out of this ditch that we're in, I think it's going to take maybe a split, split government. We've never had that, a split between Democrat and Republican. But if we get that, it might be very interesting to see. I don't think Stacey can ever be as liberal in Georgia as people think she's going to be. And there's things that are coming out of her campaign I'm not happy with, but that's what I will do. Um, I was just filling out, taking care of my kids' absentee ballots today, making sure that they were going to get theirs because they're all in school. Um, Yeah, you have to vote. I just... It gets harder and harder. And what Kemp has done economically in, in Georgia, I can give him a thumbs up. But socially and the whole heartbeat, it's frightening. My daughter told me a very scary thing last weekend. We're, we're moving her into college and things like that. And one of the things we were talking about was just her cell phone or whatever. 
And she told me, this is the night before I'm leaving her in, she has gotten rid of her, she had an app that tracked her period. Oh, yeah, she needs to get rid of that. She definitely needs to get rid of that. She'll end up getting, getting like. Yes. Yeah. But I, thought, I thought, here's my 18-year-old daughter who's got to think, to me, I, like that was one of the greatest, that's how you do that. Great innovation, but she has. Wait, what? <laughs> what is this? I've heard of this. It's, um, you know, people say that they're getting rid of their phone app on, on Apple phones where you can track your cycle and people are getting rid of it because they're afraid that that'll get subpoenaed because you can have your phone yes. record subpoenaed, um, you know, and if you because get. Because it can look as if you are planning that you, yes, there is. And like have a- an abortion. And I want to say, you know, like Kemp will talk about, well, we have exceptions for rape and incest, but there needs to be a police report. How many police reports do you think accompany incest or even rape? Like 12-year-old kids do not file police reports. They hope to God they're not pregnant. And like they are pregnant, they deny it for as long as they possibly can until they can't. I worked at the Capitol for all that 2019 when that bill was being passed. It was like one of the most awful experiences of my life to watch all of this stuff going down. And I have heard every argument for and against. It's horrible. It's horrible. And it was just political when it got done. That's it. Sure. Um, so I'm going to pull in, uh, I know we're kind of winding down here and then I'm going to do a little lightning round of a bunch of stuff I want to ask you guys about. Um, so I'll pull together my Pennsylvania girls, uh, ladies, women, sorry. Any, um, Oz fans? Nah. Okay. You guys tell me what you guys think of Mastriano over Shapiro. Um, I am all for Shapiro. I think he is level-headed. I just think he is just all-inclusive of trying to help everyone. I think that's coming from like his record of showing what he's done for the state already. Uh, Mastriano, I, I hate to say it, but your students will be taught by half of basically all the teachers there because he's slashing budgets and there will be no teachers teaching anybody so just speaking from that side and Oz he can go back to Jersey and Fetterman is running an amazing hilarious campaign with his charcuterie boards and we call this a veggie like it's spot on and so cheap (laughs) and I love it yeah so creative And you know what? He is getting those millennials that are like on the TikTok and Snapchat, like all of those. And just he's not even saying much. I mean, he's not doing these huge bashing commercials. I mean, literally, he is holding up a veggie tray. That's it. (laughs) It's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, What about you? I feel like I could explode. You have a third option. (laughs) Oh, don't have to pick between the lesser like of two evils there what while you might not know their names because they don't have the money they don't have the backing joseph solosky just got we are approved for the ballot in pennsylvania he is a independent if you just go on like look up his site like you will see a super quick like where he stands he's in the middle he's bringing the power back to the people like we forget that we run this 
and they don't, although with their money, they do. Um, it's just like, you do have a third option. It's going to take time and people and communication for people to say, Hey, like there is someone who is a little, who is a lot more level-headed. You haven't, you have a third option. Is Tell me why you don't like, uh, Mastriano. I mean, quite honestly, so like our, the road I live on, everyone is very spaced out. And when it, 2020, we there was all sorts of Trump signs and there's right now there's anti-Biden flags with the funny sayings against him still up on our street. And after all of that, we have one Mastriano sign. I honestly, I've spent a lot of my time looking at independents and libertarians and another option. So I haven't looked at him as closely as I need to. I have heard that he is extreme. Um, I'm very much pro-choice, like with the vaccinations, like you can't tell me what to do. Abortion, you can't tell me what to do. I'm in control. For personal fertility stuff, I don't track anything anymore, but just hearing that that's even like a thing, it's like women can't even like have an easy way to do things on their own personal phones is like mind boggling to me. Um, like I said, I don't know enough about the Democrat and the Republican candidates because I'm focusing on the third party um, because I'm just like, I have a lot of hope <laughs> in a nutshell. You have a third choice. Ooh, got it, man. You're doing the work for the third parties out here for the people. Um uh, okay, so I'll do a little quick lightning round. Um, but first, I usually play this game in the groups where it's like a fake little game where if the election were today, I make everybody tell me who that they were going to vote for. But this group is pretty decided. Except, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, are you going Kemper Abrams if it's today? I don't, I don't know. I okay. really. So <laughs> you can have to pick. Um, I, I just really, I can't. It's so hard when I don't like either of them. I would probably split my ballot, so I would probably end up doing, I'd probably do Kemp. Kemp and um, Warnock? Yeah. Okay. And then, would you go Ryan or would you go Vance? Today, I'd go Ryan. Okay. Uh, Okay. And then another little lightning round. I'm sure you guys have all heard the rumors. So, show of hands, who would vote Trump 2024? Please, no. (laughs) That is zero out of <laughs> nine. Um, We've got to have better options as a Republican please. Party. We yeah. can't, it can't get, yeah. we can't get there again. Yeah. I literally so, felt my tear up when you even mentioned yeah. that possibility. Yeah. It's so visceral. How many me. times can you get impeached? No. I just, it was sort of said before, but I just don't think many normal people want this office anymore. And I think that's what's really scary. I think if Washington or, you know, uh, Lincoln or any one of them would have been under the kind of pressure that um, you're under now with social media and the media in general, um, it's just really hard to imagine a really, truly normal person wanting that job again. Does anybody come to mind on either side of the aisle that you'd like to see? Mm. I'd vote for Liz Cheney. How about my Liz Cheney fans? One. Yeah, I do like her. Four. Okay, we've got four out of nine for Liz Cheney. Anybody else? But she can't win. She's I, not going to win, ever. She asked who I'd vote for. Yeah. Yes. I um, how about Joe Biden? Mm-mm. 
One out of nine. How about a two out of nine? Okay. How about uh, Kamala Harris? Zero out of nine. How about Joe Jorgensen, 2024? There we go. I don't know. You might have gotten some Jorgensen curious people after singing her praises. Um, You got to check out Spike Cohen, too. Okay. Um, How about Pence, 2024? God, no. How about Ron DeSantis, 2024? Okay. Nobody else comes to mind. This is kind of part of the problem, right? That like, think of anybody that you guys want to see. Romney, Romney. I would. Romney. We've got one, two for Mitt Romney. I I just voted twice. Four for Mitt Romney. Wow. It's kind of one of the (laughs) Wait, I voted twice. (laughs) I didn't count you twice. Don't worry. Um, Okay. Last little bit here I want to ask you guys about. Who here has heard about the search going on at um, Trump's place in Mar-a-Lago? by the FBI. Okay. Everybody but who is unplugged. Um, So that's fine. So we've got about eight out of nine there. Does anybody think that the search is justified? Uh, Okay. So we've got, okay. So we've got about eight out of eight on that. Does anybody think it's just purely political? No. No. Um, Does anybody think this search should continue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eight out of eight. Um, does everybody here trust the FBI to lead the investigation and will trust the findings? <laughs> one, two, three. Keep them up. Four, five. Five out of nine. Okay. Would anybody trust another, like a bipartisan committee to do it instead? Show of hands. Show of hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How about the Secret Service to do it instead? One. How about an independent investigation? One, two, three, four. Whole group. Okay. That's going to be it. You guys have been great. I really appreciate sharing all of your thoughts. It's a tough time out there, so I appreciate you guys making the time.